Welcome to the Red Caps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps into the blood of our listeners and we ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, we are going to talk about AI. Not just AI art, but AI for gaming? As always, remember, no mortal can outrun a red cap. So I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. All right, so I have talked with a bunch of different people um, online and on the podcast about AI art and what their thoughts are on it. But one thing I haven't really touched on is other aspects of AI that are out there. Um, and OpenAI, which is a very popular way to go and uh, interact with both graphical and text-based AI, um, opened up a new chatbot called GTP. I think it's G, yeah, GTP Chat is the name of it. Um, and it's really, really interesting. It has a ability to kind of learn from, from your text and uh, it interacts in a very believable way. So I did a couple of things. First thing I did was I did a little Q&A with the chatbot as if it was a lich. Um, and I'll play that for you here in a moment. Then after I did that Q&A session, I then gave the chatbot a bunch of the notes from my OneNote. I just copy and pasted from, from OneNote of older episodes I've done of the podcast. So I said, here is like, I think I gave him half a dozen different old episodes of the podcast. I said, this is my style. And after I gave them all those pieces of text, I said, can you create me a script for the Red Caps podcast talking about clerics? And so I have that script that the AI did, and I'll play that for you as well. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. They're not perfect. They're not going to replace humans anytime soon, but I'm really interested to see what you guys think of the interactions, both in the back and forth chat, as well as the, the script that it popped out and uh, that it played is is, is my time as a podcaster coming to a close? Is AI going to replace me? We'll find out. But first, let's go to the conversation, the interview with the AI, uh, with the AI Lich, and we'll see how things go. So, headed over to the interview. If you were a Lich, as well as a mayor of a medieval town, what tasks would you have the undead do versus the living? As a Lich and the mayor of a medieval town, I would have the undead assist with tasks that require physical labor or endurance, such as construction or farming. I would also assign them to guard and protect the town from potential threats. However, I would make sure to carefully monitor and control their actions to prevent any harm to the living residents of the town. I see. I imagine this would create great wealth for your citizens as they would be able to focus their time on research and artistic endeavors. As wealth and power grow, so would the number of enemies that you have meaning you'd need to increase the size of your army of the undead. Where would you locate more corpses to animate? As the wealth and power of the town grows, I would need to continuously acquire more corpses to animate and add to my army of the undead. I would likely send out expeditions to nearby cemeteries and burial grounds to collect the necessary bodies. I may also need to resort to less savory methods, such as grave robbing, or even seeking out fresh corpses from battlefields or executions. It is a constant balancing act to maintain the strength and size of the army while ensuring the safety of the town. How would you handle the threat of clerics and holy warriors, which are incredibly powerful against the undead? As a lich, I would be aware of the threat posed by clerics and holy warriors and would take steps to protect myself and my army of undead from their abilities. I would likely use intelligence and deception to avoid direct confrontations, such as sending false information or using proxies to engage with them. I may also seek out allies or powerful magical artifacts to help counteract their abilities. Ultimately, I would do whatever it takes to protect myself from their holy power. 
How would your undead army be, be able to tell the difference between a friend or foe? Would the townspeople have to wear special clothings or markings to indicate them as friendly? To ensure that my undead army is able to tell the difference between friend and foe, I would implement a strict system of identification. The townsfolk would be required to wear specific clothing or markings, such as badges or armbands, to indicate their allegiance. Any outsiders or potential threats would be closely monitored and dealt with accordingly. Additionally, I would provide my undead soldiers with clear and concise orders on how to identify and differentiate between allies and enemies. You've heard rumors that a small group of citizens is plotting an uprising to overthrow you and destroy the undead? That they feel is kind of an abomination. They've hired a powerful cleric, who rumor has it is now in town, having been given the proper clothing by another citizen, and he is just waiting for his moment to strike. How do you handle this? If I heard rumors of an uprising against me and my undead army, I would take swift and decisive action to prevent it. I would use my intelligence network to identify the individuals involved and gather information on their plans and resources. I would then use my powers as a lich to neutralize any potential threats, such as the hired cleric, before they can pose a real danger. I may also use psychological tactics, such as fear or intimidation, to discourage any further attempts at rebellion. Ultimately, I would do whatever it takes to maintain control and protect myself and my army from harm. Do you have an escape or backup plan should these threats and actions fail? As a powerful and cunning lich, I would always have an escape or backup plan should my current tactics and actions fail. I would have several contingencies in place, such as secret passages or hidden caches of powerful magical items, to help me escape or defend myself in the event of a crisis. I would also constantly monitor and assess potential threats, and be prepared to adapt and change my plans as necessary to ensure my survival. Ultimately, my ultimate goal would be to maintain my power and control, no matter the cost. All right, folks, I don't know about you, but that seems pretty damn cool to me. Um, this opens up so many doors for different types of solo RPG play. Um, anyhow, I used a bunch of different tools when I created this. So I did this first ages ago on that GPT chat. Um, I just kind of typed it out and, and got the responses back and I was impressed with it. So I took a screenshot and pasted it on Twitter. I was saying, hey, isn't this pretty cool? And I thought, hey, I should do an interview. I'm sorry, not an interview. I should do a podcast episode about it and phrase it as an interview. The downside is I only had the screenshots left. I didn't have the original text because I had closed the web browser. So I used a tool where I took the screenshots. I fed it to another AI tool, which looked at the picture and figured out all the words that were in it. It gave me it in plain text. I took that plain text. I took it over to uh, Google and Google has a very nice text to speech engine. I pasted it in there. And that's how we had this back and forth. So besides having the AI actually have the conversation with me in the chat, I then had AI take an image and convert it back to text. And then another AI take that text and convert it to speech. Uh, AIs all the way down. Anyhow, um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I thought that was really neat and somewhat believable. Uh, you know, the, the, the way it speaks is maybe a little bit um, tight compared to a person, but still very, very believable. So let's see how it does when it tries to create an episode of the Red Caps podcast. So again, to recap, all I did was give it a bunch of scripts from old episodes. Uh, this probably from the first like 40, 50 episodes, I gave it like half a dozen uh, different scripts um, and told it to use that as a style basis and create me an episode uh, about clerics. It not only did a pretty decent job, as you'll hear, but it also nailed the opening of the podcast and the closing of the podcast without me having to tell it that at all. It just got it 
and understood that was how things are structured from the other texts. So who wants to hear an episode of the Red Caps podcast, not made by me, uh, but instead made by AI? We'll play it for you here now. Welcome to the Red Caps podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps in the blood of our listeners and ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the history of the cleric in Dungeons and Dragons. As always, I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. The cleric is one of the iconic classes in Dungeons and Dragons, known for their ability to heal and protect their allies. But where did this class come from and how has it evolved over time? Let's take a look back at the history of the cleric in D&D. The cleric first appeared in the original Dungeons and Dragons game. In this early version of the game, the cleric was one of three character classes available, along with the magic user and the fighting man. The cleric was distinguished by their ability to use magic, as well as their proficiency with weapons and armor. In the Greyhawk supplement, the cleric class received its first major update. This update expanded on the abilities of the cleric, giving them access to a wider range of spells and abilities. The Greyhawk supplement also introduced the concept of alignment, which determined a cleric's relationship with the divine. Clerics were now able to cast spells based on their alignment, with good clerics able to cast healing spells and evil clerics able to cast harmful spells. With the release of the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons AD &D, game, the cleric class received another significant update. The AD D cleric was now able to cast spells from any alignment, giving them greater flexibility in their abilities. The AD D game also introduced the concept of domain spells, which allowed clerics to specialize in certain areas such as war or healing. The latest iteration of the Cleric class in Dungeons & Dragons is in the 5th edition of the game. In this version, the Cleric has access to a wide range of spells and abilities, making them a versatile and valuable member of any adventuring party. The 5th edition also introduced the concept of subclasses, which allow Clerics to specialize in specific domains such as life or death. Overall, the Cleric has come a long way since its original appearance in Dungeons & Dragons. From its humble beginnings as a magic-wielding fighting class, the Cleric has evolved into a complex and versatile character with a rich history in the world of D&D. That wraps up this episode of the Redcaps podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about the history of the Cleric in Dungeons & Dragons. If you have any thoughts or comments, head over to anchor.fm slash theredcaps and leave me a voicemail or email feedback at theredcaps.net or find me on Twitter at theredcapsnet. Thanks for listening and remember, Never let your cap dry out. Stay safe, have fun, and we'll talk again soon. So what do you guys think? Is my time as a podcaster almost up? Are our AI overlords going to take over? Was that a believable episode? Although obviously very surface level and um, kind of thin for what I would probably do. But it sounded a lot like a typical Red Caps podcast format, didn't it? And for the most part, it's pretty accurate. I don't see any massively glaring mistakes. I, I probably wouldn't write it exactly the same way, but very, very close. And yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really neat how well that did what I, what I asked it to based off of just a few copies of, of notes. Um, I don't know. Would you guys use AI in your solo play uh, to kind of have NPCs talk back to you? Uh, would you use it where you fed it pieces of information and then asked it for advice or or new ideas based off of it there was a 
Um, I can't remember the, the YouTube channel right now. If I do remember, it, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, uh, Tom Scott, it was Tom Scott on YouTube. If you've never seen it, go go look up his uh, his his YouTube channel. It's really interesting. But he at one point uh, fed AI a list of all the titles of his various YouTube uh, videos and then asked for title ideas back for future episodes. And it was kind of interesting what it did. I would love to see him do that now because I believe he did that like two years ago and the AI has obviously improved dramatically since then. But uh, yeah, would you do that? Would you give your AI a whole bunch of lists of like known adventures and then ask it to give you adventure ideas back? Uh, the possibilities are pretty endless and I'm really excited for what the future of AI computing might be. Let me know what your thoughts were on this. Did any of this sound believable or interesting or how would you use it? I would love to know. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Red Caps podcast. I hope you enjoyed, you learned, and you're eager to come back for more. If you have any thoughts or comments, please do reach out. You can find all the ways to contact me at www.theredcaps.net. And I would love to hear from you. Thank you very so much for listening. And remember, never let your caps dry out. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll talk again soon.